الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل رب اغفر وارحم وانت خير الراحمين سبحان ربك رب العزه اما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد مبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد مبارك وسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى in his generosity in his mercy in his rahma in his kindness he created each and every one of us as human beings he gave us the gift of iman and the gift of islam and when he sent the quran to teach us how to live proper lives He also in the Quran revealed certain of his names, certain of his attributes so we would come to know him so we could draw closer to him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described himself in the Quran in certain ways using certain of his infinite names so that we would come to understand his names, understand his attributes so that we could draw closer to him. There are so many different names of Allah in the Quran. But one name, one very special name is Rabb. The word Rabb comes many places in the Quran. And if you look it is a very short word composed of just two letters, Ra and Ba. But our ulama, our mashayikh write that if a person understands the deep meaning of this word Rabb, if he or she turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and views Allah as her Rabb, then she will begin to have a deep and loving relationship and connection with Allah. So what does this word rub mean? The word rub in the Arabic language means simply that being that nurtures, nourishes, sustains and raises up something from the moment it is born until the moment it reaches perfection. So rub means that being that nurtures and raises up anything. So Allah SWT, not only did He create us, but from the moment that we were born, He has been nurturing us, He has been providing for us, He has been taking care of us. It's as if He has raised us up and He has provided for each and every one of our needs. Allah SWT provides for our physical needs and He has also provided for our spiritual needs. We can understand the example of Rabb if we look at a few examples from this world. The first is the example of a gardener. And if a woman wants to plant something, she takes a seed and places it in the ground. Once she had made the intention to grow a particular plant, even though nobody else can see that seed under the ground, because she placed that seed there, she knows now that she has to take care, she has to provide for that plant. So she makes sure that area of the ground is watered. She makes sure that that soil is fertile. She makes sure to put fertilizer on that soil. And after her care, after her attention, sooner or later, eventually that seed begins to sprout and eventually a small plant begins to emerge from the ground. When the, woman sees the, small, uh, when the gardener sees the small plant emerge from the ground, the gardener doesn't stop there. He keeps watering it. He might put it in a pot. He will see that it gets the sunrise that it needs. He will put it in shade if it needs to be put in the shade. As it continues to grow, the gardener will trim the dead leaves It will make sure that it doesn't have any rot or any disease. It will keep all the weeds away from the plant. He will keep on caring for the plant until it becomes a fully self-sufficient tree.
So the gardener is actually the rub of that plant because he has nurtured that plant and he has provided for everything that that plant needs from the moment that plant begins to grow. Just like that, parents are also a form of rub in the sense that when their children are born, they provide for each and everything that their child needs. When a baby is born, if you just see, it can't do anything for itself. It is unable to drink on its own. It is unable to eat on its own. It is unable to go anywhere on its own. It cannot even turn around or turn on its side to get comfort and sleep on its own. So each and everything, the parents have to do it for the baby. Whenever the baby cries out, the mother comes to the baby and attends to his needs. The father will go out and earn for the baby to attend to her needs. One of our Mashaikh used to say that, Oh, person, when you used to cry as a baby, Allah subhanahu used to fulfill every one of your needs. And now that you have stopped crying, Allah has also stopped answering your needs. In Quran, Allah SWT has also himself addressed parents as Rabb. All of you know the famous du'a, Rabbil Hamhuma Kama Rabbayani Sagira, that, O oh, our Lord, have mercy on our two parents, as they were my Rabb, as they did my Tarbiyah, because they took care of me and nurtured me when I was young. So the Mufasrin write that whenever Allah SWT uses one of his words for himself, and also for creation, there must be some difference. In other words, Allah has called himself Rabb, but in this ayah he has also referred to parents as Rabb. So there are two differences here. So there are two differences here. We began with a dua, Kul Rabbighfir warham wa anta khayrul rahimeen. And we stated that Allah has so many different names in the Qur'an. The reason He has revealed these names in the Qur'an is that so we may come to know Him, we may come to understand Him, and we may come to learn about Him. One of these names mentioned in the Qur'an is Rab. Now Rab, although it is a very short name, it is a very brief name, it has such a deep meaning that if any woman begins to understand the meaning of this word Rab, if she begins to view Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as her Rabb, if she turns to Allah and calls upon Him as her Rabb, then this one name, this one sifat, this one attribute of Allah, His rububiyyah, His being Rabb, will draw her closer unto Him. The meaning of the word Rabb is to nurture, to sustain, that being which causes something to grow. So the example our ulama give is the first of a gardener. That whenever a gardener wants to create a plant, she just plants the seed in the ground. And then she starts taking care of the plant. She's worried about fulfilling the needs of that plant. She puts fertilizer on the soil, she waters that ground until the seed begins to emerge. Then when the plant begins to sprout, she trims its leaves, she makes sure it doesn't rot, she makes sure it gets sunshine, she will keep taking care of that plant until it grows into a fully formed tree. So the gardener is actually the rub of his plant because he provides for each and every need of his plant from the moment he plants the seed. The other example that our ulama gave is of parents. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself in the Quran has referred to parents as rub. In this famous ayah, Allah teaches us to make dua, 
that, O oh, our Lord, send your forgiveness, send your rahma, send your mercy on our two parents as they were our rub, as they to take care of us when we were young. So in what sense are parents rub? Because parents for their children provide each and every need of their child. They nurture their child, they provide for their child, they care about their child, they raise up their child. So that being which raises something else up, we call that being rub. One of our Mashaik used to say that if you look at a small baby, every time it needs something, all it does is cry. If it needs to eat, it just has to cry and the mother will come to him. If she needs to drink, she just has to cry and the mother will come to her. If she wants to be burped, she just has to cry and the mother will come to her. If she can't sleep or she just wants her position to be changed, she just has to cry and her mother will come to her. So, oh my servant, when you used to cry, when you had nothing else but crying, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saw to it that all your needs were fulfilled, but today you have grown up, you have left crying, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also left fulfilling your needs. So although Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has addressed parents or has referred to parents as Rabb in the Qur'an, the Mufassirin, the commentators of the Qur'an tell us that whenever Allah uses a name for Himself and also uses that same name for creation, there must be some difference. So Allah has used the word Rabb for Himself and He has also referred to parents as Rabb. So the difference the scholars say are two. Number one, that the parents are only rub of their own children, whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rub of the entire makhluk of all of creation. He sustains and nurtures each and every human being, each and every animal, each and every plant, each and every species, animate and inanimate objects. Whereas parents, they're only rub, they only nurture or provide for their limited number of children. The second difference that our ulama write, is that parents are only rub of their children for a temporary period of time. They provide for their children's need, then their children grow up. Eventually their children get married, they become adults, and at that stage the parents no longer need to nurture their child because their child has become a fully grown adult. In fact, sometimes there comes a time where the parent, rather than being rub, the child himself then, as a grown man or woman, begins to take care of his or her parents. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his rububiyyah, his nurturing of humanity, of creation, is not temporary but is eternal. It is from the very moment we are born, all the way until the moment that we die, for each and every second of our life, every breath that we take, is only through the fuzzle, through the grace, through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the purpose of our life on this world is actually to recognize Allah subhanahu wa as our Rabb. And that's why before the human beings were sent to earth, Allah subhanahu wa it is mentioned in the Quran, that He gathered all of the souls together. And He took for them a pledge. He asked them a question. Am I not your Rabb? So even in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa used the word Rabb. He did not say, am I not your God, uh, am I not your God, Allah to be ilahikum. He did not say, am I not your creator, Allah to be khalikikum. He did not say, am I not your master, Allah to be malikikum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first time He ever addressed humanity, the first question He ever asked, the first pledge He ever took from us was, Allah to be rabbikum, am I not your Rabb? 
it comes in the hadith that the human souls, initially they were surprised. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had never directly asked them a question. So just because it was something new for them, for a moment they hesitated. And it was the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu who was the first to answer. And he said, yes, Bala, oh Allah, we affirm that truly you are our Rabb. And then after that, all of the souls, as is mentioned in the Quran, qalu bala, all of the souls, irrespective of what they may do when they come to earth, at that moment, all of the souls testified that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala truly, you alone are our Rabb, you alone are our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, you are the one who has given us everything. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us to earth to see if we would fulfill our promise, if we would be true to our pledge. Would we live our life here as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our Rabb? And that's what normally happens is that a woman or a man, they begin to forget Allah is their Rabb. When they become adults, when they become running their own life, managing their own life, running their own household, then she forgets that although I'm apparently doing all this, it's actually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's providing for all my needs. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who provides for everything for my children. The man might think that it is his company, his store, his factory, his boss that is giving him his risk. Certainly that is the sabab, but we forget that being, the almighty being that is behind the sabab or behind the means. So we must remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our Rabb. Now, one thing we notice when parents, when we look at parents, that a woman, she has love for children in general. That most women in general, they like kids. But a woman has a special love for her own kids that is much more than her general love that she may have for other kids. What is the reason? The reason is that she is the love of her kids. Because she has raised up her kids from the moment they were born till they became adults, because she has put so much time, energy, investment, affection, hopes, and effort into her kids, because she is the rub of her kids, so she is so attached to them, and she loves them very much. Just like that, the gardener is so attached to her plant. Imagine if a woman spent six months raising a plant, causing a plant to grow, and somebody was to come and just rip that plant out of the ground, to uproot it and to throw it to the side how much that would hurt the heart of the woman. Just like that, our ulama write that if our mothers love their children so much because they are the rub of their children, so imagine how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must love his human beings that he is our rub. This is why Allah has said in the Quran al-Kareem, إِنَّ اللَّهَ بِالنَّاسِ لَرَعُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ That verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala بِالنَّاسِ is with all of humanity. Because he is Rabb al-Alameen, he is Rabb of the universe, Rabb of every human being. He is Rauf al-Rahim, he is kind, he is generous, he is soft, he is merciful, and he is forgiving. Why? Because he is our Rabb. Because he created us, because he nurtured us, because he has given us everything from the moment we were born. So just like a mother is so soft to her own children, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the Rabb of every human being, is Ra'uful Rahim is soft and kind and forgiving to each and every one of his human beings. So in this ayah that we stated in the beginning, Qul Rabbir Warham. Qul means that Allah is addressing the beloved messenger and saying, O oh my beloved messenger, tell the people to make dua to me as follows, Rabbir Warham. Such a short dua, but it's a very powerful dua. There are three words in this dua. The first is Rabb. 
which has been explained, means to nurture that being who raises you up. Ilfir, which means, O oh Allah, forgive me. Warham, which means, O oh Allah, send your mercy upon me. Now, if we look in the Quran, we see that the word Rab has come almost on every page. Anybody who reads Quran regularly will find that Allah is always referring to himself as Rab. Even the very first line of the very first surah starts, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. And the very first line of the very last surah starts, so, so many places Allah is referring to Himself as Rabb. In our Salah, when we begin our Qiyam, we say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. In our Ruku, we say, Subhana Rabbi Al Adeem. In our Sajda, we say, Subhana Rabbi Al A'la. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have chosen any word, but He chose the word Rabb to use the most in the Quran, and He chose the word Rabb to use the most in our Salah. And finally, in the Qur'an, in du'a, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over and over in the Qur'an teaches us to call upon Him by using His word Rabb or His name Rabb. So many places you see in Qur'an, Rabbana, all the Prophet's du'as that are mentioned in the Qur'an from Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam, every single one of their du'as uh, almost starts with the word Rabb. Sayyidina Adam prayed, Rabbana lalamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin. So the first human being, the first prophet, the first dua, the first istighfar, the first tawbah that was ever made, was made with the word Rabb. Not with Malik, not with Khalik, not with any other word, the word Rabb. So our Mashaykh have explained this point in a beautiful manner. That this is not a coincidence. There is a special reason why Allah subhanahu wa taught us to use the word Rabb in Qur'an and that is the purpose of this whole, uh, this whole preface that I spoke on. So listen to this carefully. That just take the example of a mother. That when her son calls to her, if he just calls to her and says, Oh, I need this. Or, Oh, get me that. Or, Oh, I want to do this. Or, Oh, buy me that. Then the mother is not so responsive. But whenever the son or daughter, whenever the child calls out to her mother and says, Oh mom, oh mother, ya ummi, oh ummi, all the mother has to do is hear her being called in this manner and she rushes to her child. If she is across the house and she's in the middle of taking her meal and she hears from the far distant corner of the house, Oh mom, ya ummi, that's all she needs to hear and she will get up and she will even leave her food unfinished. She doesn't know what the child wants. She doesn't know what the child needs. She doesn't know what the child is asking. She doesn't even know if the child is being naughty. All she needs to hear is herself being called as a mother and she races to her child. If in the middle of the night she is sleeping and she hears a cry from across the hall that, Oh mom, oh mother, all she needs to hear is those words and she will even shun her bed, she will give up her sleep and go attend to her child's need. Why? Because when the child calls upon his or her mother by using her name, mother or mom or ummi, when the child invokes the motherhood of the mother, then the mother, her heart melts. Her heart melts and she just inclines to do whatever her child wants. So just like that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us that, O oh my servants, call on me with my name, Rabb. 
Because I am your Rabb, I have nurtured you, I have raised you up, I have given you everything that you have in life. When you turn to me in dua, when you acknowledge me as your Rabb, then just like the mother's heart melts when her child calls her mother, just like that, Allah SWT mercy inclines towards us. Allah Ta'ala feels generous and kind towards us when we call him using the word Rabb. So this is why the Mashaikh write that Allah SWT has taught us in the Quran over and over when we make dua to him to call upon him with the word Rabb and perhaps only a mother can really appreciate the secret and the treasure of this word Rabb. The next word in this dua is Irfir. So the dua is Rabbi Fir Warham. The second word in this dua is Irfir. It means, Oh Allah, forgive me for my sins. Overlook my mistakes. I am sorry for what I did. I will never do it again. I made a mistake and an error. Please erase it from the book of my deeds. Please erase it from the memory of the angels who wrote down that sin. Please erase it from the memory even of my organs that committed that sin. O Allah, erase the memory or the record of that sin from the piece of earth upon which I sinned. Igfir, O Allah, forgive me. I was not worthy of being forgiven. I broke your rule. I broke your commands. I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something I shouldn't have done. O Allah, please forgive me. I am sad, I repent, I have remorse over what I did. And fear, O Allah, forgive me for my sins. So the dua could have been enough. It could have stopped right here. We could have been taught to say, that, O my generous Rabb, O my Lord, O my sustainer, forgive me for my sins. But Allah taught us to add another word and say, Warham. Again, the Mufasreen, the ulama, the Mashaikh have explained this. And say there is a beautiful secret, there is a reason why Allah SWT added the dua, why he asked us to say warham. It is because that imagine a woman, she's upset, she gets her husband angry with her. So she knows she made a mistake and she goes to her husband and she wants to ask him to forgive her. So she goes to him that, oh my husband, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done what I did. I promise I'll never do it again. Please forgive me. And if the husband looks at her and his face shows no expression and he remains silent and he says to her, okay, you're forgiven, you can go. So the woman will sit there and she'll listen that he said very briefly, very curtly, maybe even sternly that, okay, you are forgiven, you can go. So that will be enough for the woman. She's not going to be happy. She's going to keep pleading with her husband until he smiles at her, until he becomes happy again with her, until she feels like everything is back to the way it was, that everything is fine between them. So similarly, Allah taught us to make dua in the Quran, Rabbikfir warham, ikfir, O Allah, forgive me for the sins that I did. I made a mistake. I was wrong. I promise never to do it again. In fear, forgive me. Warham, O Allah, be pleased with me again. Be happy with me again. Give me one glance of your mercy. Give me one glance of your love so I know inside my heart everything is okay again. Send your mercy upon me. Smile upon me so I know everything is okay again. Just like the mother 
will not be content with her the token forgiveness of her husband, but she wants to totally patch up with him, just like that the believing servant who when she sins against Allah, not only does she want Allah SWT to forgive her for her sins, but she wants Allah to be happy with her once again. She wants Allah to restore her ibadat that maybe she stopped doing because she sinned. She wants Allah to restore the feelings she had in her ibadat that maybe she lost because of her sins. She wants Allah to restore his relationship with her. She wants Allah Ta'ala to come back to her. Or you can imagine a son when he goes to the mother and asks him to forgive her. Well, the same thing. I'll give you an example. That our Shaykh, once he was speaking similarly in a women's bayan, and behind the veil he asked one of the girls in a girl's dialogue, that who is the easiest person in life to please? Who is the easiest human being for you to make up with? So one of the girls said that, oh, the easiest person to please in life is one's mother. The easiest person to make up with is one's mother. And the Shaykh said, why? And the girl said that, well, once my brother, he was really rude to my mother. And he kept disobeying her all the time. And he wouldn't listen to what she told him to do. So one day, finally, my mother got fed up. And she told him that, oh, my son, you never listened to me. I'm sick and tired of telling you. I'm sick and tired of your lies and your disobedience. Just get out of this house. I don't want you to live here anymore. So the girl said, my brother, he looked up at my mother and he saw she was so angry with him that he simply turned around and left. But then the girl said, within just several minutes, my mother, she cooled down from her anger. And her anger quickly gave way to worry. So much so that when it came time for food, she didn't eat. And I said, oh mother, aren't you hungry? And she said, how can I eat when I have no idea where my son is? How can I eat when I don't know if had my son had anything to eat? Then I saw her until the night she just sat by the phone. She was just waiting for some phone call from, her, from my brother, some information as to where my brother was. Still there was no news. When night came, my mother could not fall asleep. And she stayed in the couch, she stayed in the living room waiting that maybe my brother might come home. And I went to her and I said, oh mom, you didn't eat lunch, you didn't take your supper, you must be so tired, why didn't you go to sleep? And my mother said to me that, no, my daughter, how can I sleep? I have, don't know where your brother is. I don't know if my son has a roof over his head to sleep. I don't know if my son has a bed in which to sleep. And then the girl said that my brother, he came home. When he came home, my mother, she just went into her room. And my brother, he just went into his room. And then my mother called me and she said that go ask your brother if he's had anything to eat. So I went and I found out and he had had nothing to eat. So my mother said that go to the kitchen and make some food for him to eat. After my brother had something to eat, he then went into the room and he tried to ask my mother to forgive him. So he went to the room, he said, oh mom, I'm so sorry I made you so angry. I made you worked up so much that you even kicked me out of your house. And then my mother, she just didn't say anything to him. She remained quiet. Then my mother said, oh, my brother said, oh mom, please forgive me. And my mother still remained quiet. Then all my brother had to do was grasp her hand and then my mother, she softened a bit. And she said, okay, fine, you are forgiven. But my, mother, my brother, he saw that my mother, she wasn't still being soft with him. 
that she was using harsh words with him still and saying to him very quickly, very roughly, okay, you are still forgiven. So my brother didn't stop. He didn't relent. Then a tear came from his eye and then he started to cry. When my mother saw him crying, then her heart began to melt. My brother said, oh my mother, if you don't forgive me, then where else can I go? Oh my mother, if you kick me out of the house, then there is no other mother for me to go to. So he started crying and calling my mother and calling her mother, mother, please forgive me. And that was all my mother could bear. And she took her cloth and she wiped away the tears from her eyes. And then she took my brother and she grasped him close and she pressed him against her breast. So just like that, the believing slave, when he sins against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he says, that, O oh Rabb, O oh my Lord, O oh my nurturer, the one who raised me and gave me everything that I had, Ikhfir, forgive me for my sins. I beg you to forgive me. I pledge to you, I promise you I won't sin again. But Warham, Allah, also be happy with me again. Also clasp me to your breast. Draw me closer unto you. Send your rahmah, send your mercy unto my heart. Make me feel that you are happy with me once again. Our ulama write that there are four different ways that Allah SWT sends rahmah on a human being. In reality, there are infinite ways that Allah sends His rahmah, but they write that there are four special ways that Allah can send His rahmah on someone. So the first way that Allah sends His rahmah, in other words, that we can think about when we say these words, barham, is that Allah gives a person, He gives a woman the ability to have istikamat on her iman. In other words, he preserves her iman, he gives her the ability to stay away from sin. Because when we say ikfir, we're saying, Oh Allah, we fell into this sin, please forgive me for this sin. Warham and Allah, out of your mercy, keep me from doing that sin again. Out of that mercy, Allah, keep me from the gatherings of sin. Keep me from the people who invite me to sin. Keep me from the thoughts that invite me to sin. Keep me from the whisperings of shaitan who invites me to sin. Warham Allah, give me istikama on my iman, make me firm on my a'mal, make me firm on my deen. So this is only possible through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one way to understand warham is that Allah through your mercy, give me steadfastness on the deen and keep me from committing sins. The second meaning of warham, the ulama write, is that it means when Allah sends his rahmah on a woman, he gives her the ability to make new and new ibadat. For example, if she was finding a difficult time waking up for Fajr in the morning, when she asked Allah to send His mercy upon her, that, Oh Allah, I'm weak. I'm trying to wake up. I want to wake up. I know I sin against you when I don't wake up. And I ask your forgiveness for that sin. But Allah, I'm also asking for your mercy, that through your mercy you give me the ability to wake up. So when Allah sends His rahmah on someone, then He gives her the ability to increase in her ibadat. If she prays five times a day, Allah in His rahmah will give her the ability to pray tahajjud or to pray nafil. If she finds it difficult to fit the reading of Qur'an into her daily schedule, through His rahmah, through His mercy, Allah can put so much barakah, so much blessing into her time that she will have time to read Qur'an. If she doesn't have time to make dua to Allah from the depths of her heart, in the depth of the night, then through His mercy, Allah will give her time. So one understanding of the meaning of rahim, of mercy, is that Allah gives us the tawfiq, the ability, the success, to increase in the quantity of our worship, 
and to increase in the quality of our worship. The third meaning of Warham, that Allah sends His mercy upon us in this, in this manner, that He removes all of our worries. O Allah, send your mercy upon us, send the light of your mercy on our heart, remove our worries, remove our difficulties, remove our anxiety, remove our stress, remove our tension. Because when Allah's mercy enters the heart of the believers, and in the heart of the believers they remember Allah, they make His dhikr. Allah said in the Qur'an, Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul kulub. That know that only in the remembrance of Allah will the hearts find peace and tranquility. And this is why Allah wants us to turn to Him in dua. He wants us to call upon Him as His Rabb and say, Rabbi fir warham. Just imagine if your husband was worried. If for some reason he was anxious, he had a problem, there was some difficulty in his life that was causing him stress. And instead of coming to you, instead of telling you his wife at home, he simply walked out of the house, went next door, and told his next door neighbor about it. Tried to get comfort from his next door neighbor. So you as his wife would feel that how can my husband do that? That I am his one wife. How can he not confide in me? Why does he not put his worries on my shoulders? I am his wife, I want to share the burden of his worries. I want him to tell me all of his problems and just transfer his worries and put them on my shoulders. So just like that, Allah SWT wants us to place our worries on him. To turn to him as our Rabb. To say, Oh Allah, you who have given us everything. You who fulfilled all of our needs. You who can overcome all of our difficulties. Ya Allah, give me ease where, is, where there is difficulty. Give me peace where, where I am worried. Give me contentment where I am depressed. But when the woman, instead of turning to Allah, turns to maybe her friend on the phone, instead of turning to Allah by praying to rakats, turning to Him in nafal, turning to Him in dua, if she turns to her friend, or if she is sad, if she is lonely, instead of turning to Allah, she picks up a novel, or she listens to music, or she watches the TV, or she watches a film, a movie, all of these things are just temporary sources. And you will find that that woman who she does these things, she will never have everlasting peace and contentment in her heart. Why? Because Allah has laid down a golden rule in Quran, that know that only and only in the remembrance of Allah will the hearts find peace and tranquility. So one way Allah sends His mercy upon us is He removes our worries when we turn to Him and say, Another niyyah that we can make is Allah, forgive us for our mistakes, for, forgive us for all the sins that led us to this depression, forgive us for all the things that we did wrong that made us feel distant from you, and Allah, warham, out of your rahmah, out of your mercy, fill that void in our heart. Erase all those worries and depression and replace it with your love, with your remembrance, and make me feel intimately close to you once again. And the fourth way that Allah Taala sends His Rahmah upon us is that He preserves our Iman. Because truly our Iman is something that is so valuable, something that is so precious, but in this day and age it is also something that is very fragile. The beloved Messenger وسلم, said that there will come a time near the Day of Judgment that a, a person, a man, a woman, she will wake up in the morning as a believer but by the time night comes, she will fall asleep as an unbeliever. 
That's how fragile our iman is in this environment. So we say, Warham, O oh Allah, through your mercy, even though I sinned against you, even though I may have done things that jeopardize my iman, that put my iman at risk, if fear, forgive me for my sins, Warham, and preserve my iman. Restore the strength of me, my iman. Renew the power of my iman. And Allah give me the ability to die in a state of iman. So much so that the Mashaikh say that if a woman sincerely asks Allah for this rahmah, that not only will He send His mercy and preserve her iman, but through His mercy and is only through His mercy alone that He can preserve and safeguard the iman of her children, safeguard the iman of all her descendants until the Day of Judgment. So these are the four different ways that our Mashaikh say that we should think about the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we make this dua, Rabbil fir warham. But one other thing you should know is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept this dua, to accept our istighfar, our tawbah, that we seek His forgiveness, that we repent unto Him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set one condition. There are many conditions, but one condition particularly is important for women is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that if you want Allah to forgive you, if you want Allah to send His mercy on you, then you must also forgive others and you must also be merciful to others. But these days we are so aware of other people's faults. We do not even notice or we cannot comment on the good points of our sister. We only notice her faults. And we are blind to our own faults. And all we see is the good points in ourselves. One way any woman can assess this is if anybody praises another woman in front of you. Does your heart feel on fire? Do you get upset that why is she praising this other woman? Do you immediately rush to point out some bad quality of that woman or say something bad about that woman or say something negative that can somehow lower the rank of that woman? So it means that we seek and we find the faults in other people. So we should think that if we wish to seek and find the faults in others, if we wish to notice the faults in others, if we want that other people should be known for their faults, if we want to expose their faults, then what if Allah SWT on the Day of Judgment does the same with us? What if He notices all of our faults? What if He treats us only based on our bad qualities? What if He exposes our sins on that day in front of everybody for all to see? So Prophet said in hadith that be kind and forgiving to others so that other, Allah may be kind and forgiving to you. And another hadith He said so beautiful that accept the excuses of others so that Allah may accept your excuses. It means that when we ask Allah to forgive us we're really just making an excuse because nobody ever had any right to sin. Who are we that we were truly pressed or we were truly needy that we sinned? We just make excuses for ourselves. But when we ask Allah to forgive us, we're saying Allah accept our excuses. So if we want Allah to accept our excuses, we should accept the excuses of others. But unfortunately today, women, many women, not all of them, but many women have a grudge in their hearts for other women. They have a grudge in their heart for their neighbor. A grudge, an enmity, a spite. Sometimes even a hatred, or an envy, a jealousy, some type of negative feeling. Sometimes it's towards the neighbor. Sometimes two Muslim female teachers in the school will feel it with one another. 
Anytime there is a group of women working, somebody is upset with one another. Somebody is fighting with one another. Somebody is not getting along with the other. Sometimes even our own families, with our in-laws, or even with our own sisters, our own blood sisters or relatives, sometimes we have these grudges. That that person did something wrong to me, I won't forgive them for my whole life. I don't want to see that person's face. So much so that sometimes the woman even wishes that that other woman were dead. In the depths of her heart she wishes that I wish that that person was removed from the face of the earth. I wish she didn't even exist. Who are we to have so much anger and hatred for a human being? Imagine if Allah chooses to send his jalal on us. If Allah chooses to have his anger upon us, then we will just be shaking in the day of judgment. So Prophet Muhammad taught us that we must be forgiving to others, we must remove all the grudges from our heart, remove all the bad feelings we have towards others in our heart. Make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, oh Allah, from this day I pledge that I forgive everybody for anything they may have ever done to me. And from my heart, Allah, I want you to erase and to wipe away all the bad feelings I have. Otherwise, our dua are not accepted. In a hadith, the Prophet Muhammad said a very strange thing. Listen carefully. He said on Laylatul Qadr, on that night of power in the month of Ramadan, the night where du'as are so accepted, the du'a of one person is not accepted, and is that person who has ghil, who has a grudge, who has enmity in his heart for his fellow Muslim. So look what a terrible thing this is, that if we have grudges for our fellow Muslim sisters in our heart, then even our du'a according to this hadith, even the du'a on Laylatul Qadr will not be accepted. So it means we have to rid our hearts of these bad feelings. Allah on all humanity. Afina means and they forgive and they overlook. This is the quality of the believing men and women. Afina anas that they overlook and they forgive the faults, the mistakes, even they forego their rights of all of humanity. So in order for Allah to accept our dua, in order for Allah to accept our istighfar. In order for Allah to send His Rahmah on the ways that we mentioned, we must clean our hearts of these bad feelings. I'll give you one story. There was a famous Shaykh in India, Shaykh Ashraf Ali Tanvira. He writes in one of his books that once there was a couple and the wife did something very, very bad. And everybody would agree that it was a terrible thing and the husband was in every right to be upset with her. In fact, everybody would have said that even if the husband wanted to punish her and divorce her, she would have been in his right. Such a terrible thing his wife did. So when the husband came to know, then he looked at his wife. And the wife, she started crying. She had remorse. She had regret. She was asking him to forgive her. She said she made a mistake. She doesn't know what happened to her. She pledged to him that she will never do it again. So he looked at her and in his heart he thought that, Oh Allah, she has made a mistake. She is crying. She says she won't do it again. Ya Allah, because she is your servant, because she is your slave, I will forgive her. And so the husband did nothing and he forgave her and he patched up with her again. Then they lived along happily. And then later the husband passed away and somebody saw him in a dream. 
Hazrat Talbi writes that somebody saw that man in a dream and asked him that, oh man, what happened to you? And he said that, oh, Allah SWT forgave me for everything. And the person said, why? What did you do? And the man said that when I went before Allah SWT, Allah said that, oh, my servant, when that woman, she did that mistake, but you looked at her and said, and thought in your heart that I will forgive her only because she is the servant of Allah. So, oh, my slave, today I am more generous than you. Know that I am more merciful than you. Know that I am more forgiving than you. So today I forgive you for all your sins because you are my servant. You forgave her for my sake. You forgave her because she was my servant. So today, my slave, I forgive you because you are my servant. So if we forgive other people in our heart, if we wash our heart of these bad feelings, then Allah Taala Himself will forgive us and He will incline to us. So it means that today that we should become people of Tawbah, that we should learn this du'a, that we should use this du'a. What a beautiful du'a Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us. And look at the beauty of our ulama, our mashaykh, how they open up the secrets of this du'a. Otherwise, on the surface, it seems so simple. Rabbil fir walham. But now when we make this du'a, we can think of the deep meaning of the word Rabb. We can think of the deep meaning of the word Irfir. And now we know the deep meaning of the word Warham, that we can turn to Allah and say, Oh Allah, truly you gave us everything in life. You are our nourisher, you are our sustainer, you raised us from nothing. If you did not give us sight, we would have been blind. If you did not give us hearing, we would have been deaf. If you did not give us brains, we would have been dumb. If you did not give us health, we would have been sick. If you did not give us izzah, honor in this world, then we too would have been amongst the disgraced. Oh Allah, truly you are our Rabb. You have given us everything that we have, but we left your commands. We left your way. We sinned against you. Ighfir Allah, we beg of you to forgive us. We beg of you to shower your forgiveness upon us. Erase all of our sins. Forgive us for all the wrong things that we do. And we turn to you in remorse, in regret, in repentance. And Allah, we also beg of you, Warham, shower your mercy upon us. Shower one glance of love our way. Smile upon us once again. Draw us black closer unto you. Preserve our iman. Remove the worries that we have from our heart. We pledge Allah that we will forgive others in our heart. So Allah, instead of the envy that we have for others, Allah put your love in our heart. Re-enter our hearts. Give us that itminan. Give us that peace and tranquility that you mentioned in the Quran. Before we make du'a, inshallah we will sit quietly and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a silent liquor. Just close your eyes, bow your head, and think that Allah has mentioned in the Quran, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ even in the word zikr, even in the word remembrance, Allah uses the word rab. And remember your rab, remember your kind and generous Lord inside of yourself. In another place, Allah says, And remember the name of your Lord. And know the name of your Lord, the beautiful name of your Lord is Allah. So it means that we should remember Allah's name from the depths of our hearts. And we should imagine that Allah sends His mercy on our hearts. Because he says in Quran, فَذْكُرُونِ أَذْكُرُكُمْ Remember me and I will remember you. Look at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who are we that he should remember us? It was enough that he commanded us, فَذْكُرُونِ Remember me. 
But Allah said, O oh my servant, O oh my believing woman, servant, if you remember me in your heart, then I will remember you al-qurukum. So the way Allah remembers us, our Mashaikh says that He sends His mercy, His peace, His tranquility, His nur onto our heart. He purifies our heart of its sins. He softens our hearts to His remembrance. He softens our hearts for His love. Wash all the sins away and change my dead heart. Wash all the sins away and change my dead heart. Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. Wash all the filth away and clean this dead heart. Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. So change my heart, please, and wash the sins away. So change my heart, please, and wash the sins away. Don't leave me drowning here alone and astray. I spent my life running away from you. I spent my life running away from you. And now I have nowhere to turn except you. I turn to you and begging you to be saved. I turn to you and begging you to be saved. I turn to you and begging you to be saved and change me into an obedient slave. Wash all the sins away and change my dead heart. Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. I have been doing all my life what I craved. Shaitan and nafs have always had me enslaved. But now I know the path leading me to thee. But now I know the path leading me to thee. I bow to you, am asking you to help me. I'm at your door, I'm begging you, let me in. I'm at your door, am begging you, let me in. Don't push me back to my hopeless life of sin. Wash all the sins away and change my dead heart. Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Subhanallah, wa raise your hands and make dua. Subhanallah, be all hab, Allah, Masandi, Allah, Sidna, Muhammad, wa Allah, Ali, Sidna, Muhammad, Babarik, wa Sanam. 
ربنا لنمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا O our Lord our cherisher our sustainer Ya Allah our kind and loving Lord Lamna Anfusana, we have wronged and oppressed our souls. We have left the way of your worship. We have committed so many sins against you. We have so many bad feelings against others in our heart. We have broken so many of your commands and rules. Ya Allah, we have hurt nobody but our own selves. We have deceived nobody but our own selves. But today we turn to you, Allah, in sincere repentance. And we beg of you to forgive us for our sins. And Allah, if you do not shower your maghfirah upon us, if you do not shower your rahmah upon us, then we will be amongst the lost ones. Rabbik fear, O our Rabb, our kind and sustaining Lord, fear, forgive us. Forgive all of us for all the sins that we ever committed. Forgive us for the sins that we committed in the past. Forgive us for the sins that we commit in the present. Forgive us for the sins that we commit in the day. Forgive us for the sins that we did in the night. Forgive us for the sins that we did alone. Forgive us for the sins that we did with others. Forgive us for the sins that we did to ourselves. And forgive us for the sins that we did to others. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins of our tongues. Forgive us for the sins of our eyes. Forgive us for the sins of our hearts. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins of our hearts. Ya Allah, we beg of you to keep us away from sin. To erase all the effects of sin. To erase the records of our sin. Ya Allah, keep us away from the people who invite us to sin. Keep us away from the friends who drag us into sin. Keep us away from the whisperings of shaitan that drag us into sin. Ya Allah, we are your weak servants. Allah Ta'ala, you yourself said in Qur'an that you created us weak. Ya Allah, even a mother, she has special attention on her weak child. Ya Allah, send your special rahmah on us, your weak servants. Ya Allah, we are weak and your filthy servants. We are drowning in the najasa of sin. But Ya Allah, just like a mother, she picks up her dirty baby. She cleans away its najasa. Ya Allah, we too are your servants. Ya Allah, clean the najasa away from us. Ya Allah, purify us from our sins. Ya Allah, if you don't purify us for our sins, then how will we appear before you on the day of judgment? How will we come before you, Allah, in a state of sin? How will we show ourselves in front of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Ya Allah, how will we show ourselves in front of the Ummahat and Mu'mineen? Ya Allah, no son wishes to be embarrassed in front of her mother. Ya Allah, no daughter wishes to be embarrassed in front of her mother. No daughter wishes that she be all her sins be exposed in front of her mother. Ya Allah, how will it be if our sins are exposed in front of Sayyidina Khadija and Sayyidina Aisha? Ya Allah, on that day, on that day when there is no mercy except your mercy, Allah Subhanahu we beg of you to shower your rahmah upon us now and purify our sins before we reach that day. We beg of you to hide and conceal our sins on that day. Ya Allah, we beg of you out of your forgiveness to include us amongst the ranks of the pious women. Ya Allah, how many pious women will there be on that day before you? So many women who have brought so much Qur'an, so much Salah, so much Dua, so much Parda, so much Haya, so much Taqwa. Ya Allah, how will we try to stand in their ranks? Allah, how will we find a place in their rows? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you send your mercy upon us in this world, if you change our hearts, if you make us people of Iman, if you make us people of Taqwa, so we beg of you Allah, we beg of you that we too want to be people of Iman. Make us amongst the people of Taqwa. Make us amongst the people of Sabr. Make us amongst the people of Tawbah. Make us amongst the people of Tawakkul. Make us amongst the people of Tahara. And Ya Allah, forgive us for all of our sins. Ya Allah, all the believing men and women who may be hearing this, 
wherever this voice is going, Ya Allah, we beg of you to forgive each and every one of our sins. We beg of you the rahmah in this masjid and the rahmah of this, and the barakah of this house of yours, Allah, we beg of you to forgive us for our sins. Ya Allah, your beloved Messenger said that when people gather for your remembrance from different parts of the world that you send your special mercy upon them. Ya Allah, today people from different areas of the world are gathered. Ya Allah, send your special mercy upon us. Ya Allah, we met with one another, we sat with one another, we heard one another only for your sake. Ya Allah, accept what we said and give us all the tawfiq, the ability to amal and practice what we heard. Ya Allah, forgive us all for our sins and remove all our worries and our difficulties. Remove all our tensions and anxieties and Allah, fill our hearts with your love, fill our hearts with your mercy. Any one of us who may be sick or have loved ones who are sick, grant them health. Anybody who may have financial worries, Allah SWT grant us wealth. Any one of us who have any worries and difficulties, Ya Rabb, we acknowledge you as our Rabb. We turn to you and ask you to ease our difficulties, to remove our worries, to erase our depression, to erase our sadness, and to fill our hearts with your love. Ya Allah, and those of us who have no difficulties, who have health, who have wealth, who are drowning in your blessings, who are drowning in everything that you have given them, but have only our own laziness to blame, Allah SWT, please let us overcome our laziness. Ignite the flame of your love in our heart. Ignite a yearning for you in our heart. Allah Ta'ala, let us become people of action, people who draw ever and ever closer to you. Ya Allah, we pray for this masjid, we pray for this school. Ya Allah Ta'ala, bless all the teachers in the school. Take more and more work of deen from them. Ya Allah, send your special rahmah on the young ones in this community. The young ones, whether they are in this school or they are not. Ya Allah, they are children, they are young. No matter how much we can do for them, no matter how much we may be their Rabb, Allah, only you are their true Rabb. Only you can preserve their iman. Allah, we beg of you to guide them. We beg of you to safeguard their iman. We beg of you to nurture their iman from now until the moment they arrest in the grave. We beg you to protect them from the ills of the society. We beg you to save them from the whisperings of shaitan. Ya Allah, we beg of you to shower your mercy upon this community, upon this country, and upon this ummah. Ya Allah, all the people, if they have any pious and sincere desires in their heart, any pious and sincere dua in their heart, Ya Allah, accept their dua from the bottom of their hearts. Rabbana takamal minna innaka anta samiyun alim wa tubu alayna innaka anta tawab al-rahim wa sallallahu ta'ala al-habibihi sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in bi rahmataka ya arhamar rahimi